Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. It's with a very tender heart that um, I come this morning. Um, and even after worship, it's, I think, even more so. <laughs> okay. Um, Today's the 20th of October, and um, for those who know, um, who follow the Jewish calendar, this is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, I'll just lay a little foundation about us and Israel first. Um, I think it's important for us as Christians to know our relationship with Israel. Um, and the covenants that God has, not had, but has with Israel. He, the covenant he gave to Abraham has not changed. He, he has not revoked that covenant. As much as we say we have a new covenant in, in Jesus, the old covenant still stands. It was to the people of Israel and to the land. And um, if we read in Ephesians, Ephesians 2.15 It says, for he himself is our peace and our bond of unity. He who made both groups, Jews and Gentiles. By the way, we're Gentiles if we're not born as a Jew. So we're all Gentiles, unless we have a Jew amongst us. He said, he who made both groups, Jews and Gentiles, into one body and broke down the barrier, the dividing wall of spiritual antagonism between us, By abolishing in his own crucified flesh the hostility caused by the law with its commandments contained in ordinances, which he satisfied, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man. It is the Lord's intention to cause us as Gentiles and the Jews to become one new man in Jesus. In Jesus. And that's why... It is our duty as Christians to pray for the Jews, to pray that their eyes will be opened unto Jesus as the Messiah. They still await the Messiah, but it is our duty because the Lord's intention is to make us into one. Not Jew and Gentile separate, but one new man, as it says in Ephesians 2.15. I just thought I'd lay that as a foundation. And then um, I also want to bring us to, into remembrance of, of God's promise to Abraham. Abraham, as we know, was called away. If we read Genesis 12, um, from 1 to 3, I'll just quickly read it. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abraham, to Abram, he wasn't Abraham yet. He says, go away from your country, go away from your relatives, from your father's house to the land which I will show you. He says, I will make you a great nation. That was the beginning of the nation of Israel. He says, I will bless you abundantly. I will make your name great, exalted, distinguished, and you will be a blessing, a source of great good to others. And I will bless, I will do good for, benefit those who bless you. It's important for you to bless the Jews. The Lord says, I will bless those who 
bless you. And I will curse, that is, subject to my wrath and judgment, the one who curses or despises or dishonors or has contempt for you. And he said to Abraham, in you all the families, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. It is also important for us to pray for our country to align with Israel. God's word doesn't change. It goes forth as it is written. There's never a place in his word where he says, I've changed this that I have written. I've changed my mind about blessing those who bless the Jews or I've changed my mind about nations who bless Israel. So I just wanted, because, you know, I know, you know, before I came into knowledge, I had no clue. You know, Israel was Israel and, you know, God had finished with Israel, basically. He hasn't. His covenant hasn't changed. His word hasn't changed. And it is important that we awaken onto the fact that we're becoming one new man with the Jews. And it's important for us to pray for them, bless them. Um, I, I follow a, 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 a ministry, Kurt Landry, and he, he's, he, he was born a Jew, but he didn't know because he was adopted. He found out later. And he himself says, you know what? The Jews are difficult people. They're not easy to love, <laughs> but yeah, that that's, that's, doesn't mean we don't bless them, you know. Um, so they're not the easiest, as we see in Scripture, but God's word is God's word. Okay, I also wanted to talk about the feasts that God established. And um, if I read Exodus twelve fourteen, many of us are familiar with Passover, and um, Exodus twelve fourteen says, Now this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall keep it as a feast unto the Lord. This is talking of Passover, by the way. He said, Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as an ordinance forever. You know, m- many times we think Passover belonged to the Jews. It's finished. It's gone. It's past. Okay. Um, Yes, we don't celebrate Passover in the same way that they celebrated it, you know, when they came out of of Egypt. But we still celebrate Passover. You know why? There are three main feasts that the Lord gave to to the Jews. And he says, forever, you celebrate these three main, main three. There's more, but the three main ones are Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Okay. Passover... If you read your scriptures, uh, I don't have all the references, but we all know that it was around Passover that Jesus was um, crucified. All right, so Passover, and if you go through Passover as it was celebrated by the Jews when they came out of Egypt, there's so much in the Passover Seder, that means the way they celebrate it, that it's just so obvious that it was Jesus they were celebrating, but they didn't know. The, the blood on the, on the windows, the doors, the breaking of the um, um, unleavened bread into three. They, they bury, they, well, they hide one, and after a while, it's raised up. The three, meaning Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The one being hidden, meaning Jesus was buried. Later on, they bring it out. They, don't, they didn't understand it, but it, the Lord was foretelling, if I can put it that way, of the death and resurrection of Jesus. All right, so Passover. At Passover, Jesus came. All right, during when they were celebrating Passover, Jesus um, was crucified, buried, 
and rose from the dead. The second feast is Shavuot. Shavuot is what, um, um, it was at Shavuot that the word, the Torah, what they call the word, was given unto them, was made known unto them by, by um, Moses. And um, again, it's what we call, you know, the, um, it's, it's, it's the same time we, we celebrate Pentecost. At the time they celebrate Shavuot was the time when Holy Spirit was given to us. So again, at Pentecost, we ha- okay, we have Passover. Jesus came at the Feast of Passover. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given, which is their Shavuot, the, the um, exposition of the Word of God. And the third feast is where we are today, the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot. Okay, during this feast, the Jews were instructed to come out of their homes and live in tents. When I say live, they, have, they build tents around their house. They call them Sukkots. And they live there. They stay in those places. They see the stars. It's reminded, they, they're reminded of God's promise to Abraham. And, you know, they also remember when they were in the wilderness. When they walked through with Moses. Some of you will know I love Moses. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And I'll tell you why. During the time they were in the wilderness, do you know the presence of God was so manifest in their midst? They could see the pillar of cloud. They could see the pillar of fire. There there wasn't a doubt in any of their minds that God was with them. They could see the manifestation of God. You know, it was visible, it was tangible. And Moses, an Old Testament person spoke to him face to you know when Moses went into the tabernacle the cloud would move and hover over the tabernacle and everybody in the camp from the littlest would look and see and know that God was meeting with Moses to the extent that Moses would come out of that place shining with the glory of God and would have to cover his face And I'm like, it says that Moses had to put a veil over his face because of the glory that was manifest in his physical body. And I'm like, Lord, this is Old Testament. Today, why why don't we have that today? And, you know, we have Jesus. We have access to the throne. And, okay, um, okay. I was talking about tabernacles. Tabernacles, okay, so they celebrate tabernacles because they remember the very presence of God in their midst. They remember God's promises to Abraham. Tabernacles is the only feast where we don't have a New Testament, um, uh, what's the word for it? Parallel. That's why many people believe Jesus will return. The return of Jesus will be at a Feast of Tabernacles. We don't know which one, but it's the only time that we don't have a New Testament parallel. Because Passover, Jesus died, rose. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given. So um, every year, there's a, I think even the Jews, they think 
they believe their Messiah will come during the Feast of Tabernacles, not recognizing that Jesus has already come. So make a note, please, in your prayer, in your daily praying, pray that the veil is lifted off because Jesus will not return until the Jews know him as Messiah. So pray that the veil will be lifted off and they will recognize him. Okay. Um, I might sound a bit disjointed in where I'm going this morning, but please bear with me. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the tribes of, of, of Israel, the Issachar tribe. Okay, and I'm sure we've all heard it. First Chronicles 12.32. It says, And of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times... To know what Israel ought to do, 200 chiefs and all their kinsmen were under command. This tribe was gifted, anointed to understand God's seasons, God, God's timings, and not only that, but to actually know what to do during these times. Okay, so it's quite important for us to understand what's the timing, what season are we in, what's God doing at this time? Okay, we've just finished, um, we're just entering into the year 5780. That means, you know, according to the Hebraic calendar, according to the Bible, it's 5,780 years since Adam. Yeah, and we've just started that um, this last month. Okay. The last decade was 5770 to 5779. All right. If you know Hebrew, many of their numbers are pictures. They're not just like we would just write seven. They have pictures for their numbers. And the 70, the decade that has just passed, the picture for that decade was an eye. It looked like an eye. All right. And prophetically, what it meant was that God was giving us eyes to see. There was lots of revelation. And if you check back, we had lots of prophetic words in the last decade. Prophets arose everywhere. You know, we had revelation. Even, even you personally, you know, I'm sure you had lots of revelation in the past 10 years, which you didn't have in, in years before that. Okay. All right. So, but we're now in the 80s. And, okay, um... 5780. For this next one, the picture of the 80 is a mouth. It looks like a mouth. All right? Which means, you know, God's given us, and, and, and it doesn't mean that because the 70s have passed, that the ability to see or to receive revelation has passed. It, it was given. It's yours forever. Okay, now we come into 80. It's now time for the mouth to speak. All right, we have Job, Job twenty-two twenty-eight. It says, you shall decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Amen. <laughs> We've, many of us have known that scripture. Many of us have decreed, declared, and we're like, um, 
nothing happened. Something, you know, what we decreed or declare. Well, you know, the prophetic word for this season is, it is now time. It is now time for your decrees and your declarations, not just, you know, that you say them. Don't forget, you get revelation. So whatever you're saying or decreeing is what you have seen, what God has shown you. And then now you declare, it is now time for them to take place when you say them. It's not, I'll say them and I'll wait, and I'll wait, and I'll wait. Okay. So there will be declarations. What kind of declarations? Over yourselves, over your families, over your church, your nation, your neighbors. However, I've come here. When we declare, we declare in line with God's heart. You're not just, it's not just, okay, I can talk. I can say what I like, you know. <laughs> I declare that tomorrow, I, you know, um, I, I get, get um, one, one million pounds to, to do that. It, 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 it has to be revelation from God in line with God's word. And I'll tell you the other part later. Okay. I'll come back to Joshua 1.8. It says, Joshua 1.8, I know many of these are familiar scriptures. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You see, from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Okay, let's come back to the word meditate. Um, to murmur, to mutter, you know, to, to say over and over again. It, 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 that, that word meditate means also speaking. Many people think meditating is just, mm, just be quiet. No. Meditating is saying it over and it's using your mouth. And it says, do not depart from the word. The word shall be in your mouth, shall be in your mouth. So, you, 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 you know, if, you, if you've been a studious word person, praise God. Praise God. And I remember, what was his name? Ed Delph? Is that his name? Ed Delph? He, he talked to us about Rhema. As you're reading and, and the scripture jumps up to you, jumps out at you, make, just be certain that that's a word to declare. When, you, when that Rhema, you know, just comes and you know. By the spirit of God, you know, declare it out. Don't just like, I am one who writes. So I have to learn now, not just to write, but to say it out, to declare it. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, Psalm 1 also, 1 to 2, tells us, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. When you take and that's why, you know, it, it, it doesn't do us good to rush over scripture. If it's one verse you, you read every day, meditate, say it, say it over and over. Lord, how does this, you know, how, does, how, how do I apply this to me? How does this word I have read, what's it for me? You know, how does it, how do I use this word? What do I do with it? Okay. Um, so it's not just read it or study it, it is speaking it aloud. This is the season. 
this is the season. Because it says the, the, the word of God will go out and not return void. Well, it has to be spoken. It's not you think it or you know it. It's speak it. All right. Okay. Um, therefore, because this is a season of declaration, of saying things, you need to be very, very careful of what you say. You have to watch, especially what you say about yourself. Okay? What do you, what do you say about yourself daily? What do you speak to yourself every day? You know, um, you have to declare his love over you. Declare who you are. Declare. The last time the intercessors met, I, I know we had an assignment. Go and ask the Lord what he thinks about you personally. What does he think about you? When he sits and he says, ah, Antonio, what would he be thinking about you? What would he be thinking about each of us as individuals? Write it down, declare it. This is what the Lord says about me. Every day he will say something to you. All right, declare his love, his goodness. You know, declare his goodness over you daily, daily. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days. Declare it. Don't just know it. Don't just head knowledge it. Say it. Okay. Um, and you know what else the word of God can do? I found this verse and I was like, wow. Proverbs twelve twenty-five. It says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Wow. But a good word makes it glad. Is there anyone who has ever been depressed? About anything? Anytime? Okay. Um, there's an answer here. A good word. Where would you find a good word? In the word. Declare it. Don't just know it. Go and look for it. You know, if you go looking through David... David, yeah, many times he was depressed. Many times he, I mean, for example, you know, the Ziglag incident when, you know, he, all his people rose up against him and were ready to attack him. He was down. He was depressed. These were friends. These were people he had helped. Now they're turning against him because an outsider had attacked them. Is it his fault? He was depressed. But what? He, always, you, you hear David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He go back to the word. What does God say about me? What did God say? You know, what, what is the word? It was what God actually whispered into his heart because we know David spent a lot of time with God. All right. And a good word. Yeah. Well, a good word makes it glad. So that's your, if, if you, that's your, your um, medicine for depression. Um, Philippians 4, 67, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will keep you and guard your heart. Peace. There's nothing like the peace of God in, in, in your life because our emotions need to be healthy. 
Yeah, and when you're anxious, depressed, emotions, it's, it's not a, a good place to be. And it says here, you know what? You have issues. You have struggles. Tell him. Declare. Tell him. Lord, hear. Then you allow him to speak back to you. All right? Just this morning, something he said to us upstairs was, do you know what? All things, all, all things work together for good for you. Do you love him? Are you called by his name? Then, no matter what it is you see or go through, they will all work together for his good, for your good. All right. Um, hey, we all know this one, Proverbs 18, 20, I think 20, 21, maybe 21. It says, life and death is in the power of your tongue. You speak it. You either speak life or death over your circumstances, over the circumstances of your children, your parents, your sisters, your brother, over your family. It's you that will either speak life or death. All right? Over, over every, everything that concerns you. All right. Um, release life wherever you go. Release life. You have to be intentional about declaration now in this season. You have to be intentional. You're walking, you know, you're walking on, on, you know, down the road. You see something that doesn't look right. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life into the situation. Don't hesitate to speak life into a situ situation, whether you know the people or not. Speak life. Stop. Lay hands on someone. Say, hey, can I pray for you? Be intentional. Be conscious of speaking life wherever you go. All right. Um, hey. Um, for example, when you're looking for something, when you've lost something, what do you do? Do you ask the Lord? Do you just say, oh, well, I've lost it? I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you one. Uh, some of my friends already know this. Um, I was due an iPhone upgrade. And, hey, I just thought, okay, I, I do one. So I went, I got an upgrade. Um, and, you know, um, somewhere at the back of my mind, you know, I, I should have put it on insurance because I think, you know, your bank, you can uh, insure your things on your bank. It depends on what account you have. I hadn't done it. It was one week. And um, I was at home, and I was bringing my washing down to put it in the washing, uh, washing machine. I took my iPhone, took my hairbrush, because I was going to do my hair downstairs. And, yeah, and I, I put my washing in the washing machine. Went and sat with Ranj, my daughter-in-law. We were chatting. And um, we heard the washing machine making a funny noise. I'm like, oh, no. I speak life into my washing machine. It will not break down. You know, no, it will not break down. It, oh no, you know, you don't like to hear funny noises from the fridge or the washing machine because it, it means money. So I'm like, nah, nah, nah. And then it would be quiet. Then I'd hear it again. And I'm like, oh, ranch. Then um, 40 minutes into the wash, I'm like, where's my phone? I said, where's my phone? Ranch said, you didn't bring your phone down. I said, I did. I remember picking it. She said, no, you didn't come into the living room with your... I said, I did. I remember. So she said, oh, ma'am, maybe you should check upstairs. Maybe you left it upstairs. Okay. I thought, could I have? Have I grown that forgetful? 
So I was walking up the stairs, halfway up the stairs, I heard boom in the washing machine. I like, Raj! I said, my phone is in the washing machine. That's what's been making that noise. And, you know, we panicked in terms of how do we put this washing machine off? How do we put it off? You, you put it off, you try to open it, it won't stop. And I'm like, I said, Raj, calm down, calm down, calm down. We need to get this, this phone off. 40 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> Anyway, we finally got the washing machine off about 45, five minutes later. So 45 minutes into the wash, we opened the washing machine. And here's my phone. And you can see the water up the screen and everything. <laughs> At this point, you have a choice. Ranch said, you know what? I've heard if you put your phone in rice. I said, but put your phone in rice is like if you've dropped, dropped it into water and pick it up, yeah? Not necessary that you've washed it for 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, so, I, but I said, yeah, bring the rice. And she, and, you know, um, and then, <laughs> you're laughing at me. So, I was going to um, put it on to get um, my, um, what was I, my sin, I can't remember what I was going to to get out. And my son screamed at me, put it off. Why are you shouting at me? He said, it's, it's electronic. You're putting it off. Leave it. Okay. I put it in rice. And um, we left it in the rice bag. He said, leave it for 24 hours. I said, I'm not even going to look at it. I left it for a week. When my son saw how far it had gone up, he said, oh, how could you have done that? I thought, mm. You know, um, I told a few people at work, they're like, wow, that's it. That's the end. I'm like, no, no. You know, it's not the end. It's not the end. Because I couldn't imagine paying for two years for something that's already dead. Nah. I said, Lord, well, you know, to God be the glory, nothing is wrong with my phone. After a week of sitting in rice on the windowsill, don't, I, I don't understand how the, I, I, halfway through the week, I thought, me should have opened it so that the rice could get to every, but, <laughs> you, but you know, the Lord, the, I, I, I personally believe it was a miracle. It wasn't just the rice. It was just the Lord. Okay, but I refused. I actually refused to imagine that my phone was gone. Oh, no, 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 it can't happen. You know, my phone is fine. And everyone laughed. And now I, I can show everyone my phone. Everything is working fine. They said, what of the microphone? Everything is working fine. Okay, I only say that to say, you know, speak. Speak life. Speak life over everything. Everything to do with you. Everything, even your appliances. You know, when my car, my car was 13 years old, and it was time to change it, and it was sort of tired, I used to speak life into it every day. Wake up, you're taking me to work. Wake up, we're going. And it, 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 it worked till the end. The day the, the, I got a new one and the DVLA came to pick it, it wouldn't start. But... Speak life, speak life, 
Speak life. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So, okay. Your mouth. Psalm seventy-one, twenty-four. My tongue shall utter your righteousness all day long. My tongue shall utter the righteousness of God all day long. Psalm 43. I love this one. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and trust the Lord. He has put a new song in our mouths. Where have we come from? Chosen. Um, Ray was here two weeks ago. You heard the words that he downloaded to us. New, this is certainly a time. I, I, I don't know if Ray was aware, you know, of the timing, you know, where we are in terms of the Jewish year. But, you know, it's so in sync with the, the, the decade we've entered into what he said. Songs. Cynthia, songs. Songs are coming forth. Um, Bola, Margaret, um, Dominic even, you know. Even I sang a song this morning, and that's something. <laughs> Antonia will know. You know, songs, songs of healing, songs of, you know. Um, you, when, when, when during Chosen, I can't remember who it was. Somebody asked the question about, you know, about songs about pain. You know that. Um, why is it that many people, you know, in their songs, in the songs they've written, they talk about their pain. Do you know what David did in the Psalms? But at the end of it, what does it say? It rejoices in the Lord because God takes that pain away. We are not going to pretend that we don't have pain. I, I, that's Christianese. We, many times we're like, how are you? It is well. All is well. And you're dying somewhere. You're hurting. It's, it, you know, it, it is well because that's what it should be. Because, you know, you know what? God isn't saying run away from pain or pretend it's not there. But he is saying, bring it to me. Bring it to me. He will do everything that needs to be done about it. Okay. Um, yeah. In coming into the next, in, in entering properly into this decade. Um, there's Luke 6.45. I won't read the whole verse, but it does say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So as much as we're saying, make declarations, you have to watch your heart. Where is your heart? What's your heart doing? Is it, does it have the right attitude? Um, if there's one journey I have been on since, I'll say since I was spirit-filled, it's the heart. More than anything else. It's the heart. God's, okay. Let me give you a little testimony of where I was and where my heart is. And don't get me wrong, I'm not where I should be, but I'm on my way. God deals with my heart all the time. He says, I need a soft and tender heart all the time. You mustn't let your heart grow hard. 
Okay. This is when I was 14. This was, my mom was still here when I was 14. I had a cousin who was maybe 23. Wilson was his name. We were quite good, close. And um, on Thursdays, I used to go swimming with a friend of mine. Okay, if you had heard my testimony, when I was much younger, I was not allowed to have friends, cut off from everyone. But after my, my dad passed, I had to learn to go to school myself. I, I made lots of friends. And many of them were, if, if I can say it um, like this, were not very well to do, if I can put it that way. They were, um, you know, sorry? Less fortunate. But I, and the thing with me is be, I didn't know the color of my skin because I couldn't see me. I, I could only see those around me. So I didn't realize, I, d I don't think I properly realized I was different, you know. So it didn't matter to me where I went or who was my friend or anything like that. So I had a, a friend, her name was Bassie, and we used to meet at swimming and she she lived in the police barracks. And for those who know Nigeria, you know what police barracks will be like. So after swimming, you know, many times I'd go around to her house and, you know, maybe eat with her. And then she'd escort me halfway and I'd go home. Um, it didn't occur to me that it could be a dangerous place or, you know, um, be careful. She was my friend. We went. So my cousin evidently saw me one day. Um, I got home, I was fine at home, and then he came up, and then he said he wanted to speak to my mom, and he wanted to speak privately to my mom, and so he spoke, and he reported that he saw me in the barracks, and, you know, um, he just came to report to my mom that this is what I do when I leave swimming, I go there. So, um, my mom... <laughs> <laughs> my mom pulled me up and I'm like, yeah, I go with, she knew Bassie. I said, yeah, I go with Bassie. And then she said, you know, you need to be careful. Don't want you going because, you know, it could be dangerous. Da, 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 da. My heart was so hardened against Wilson. Because we had a relationship, my, I said in my heart, he should have, he shouldn't have excluded me when he told my mom because it was reporting. I should have been there or he could have spoken to me. I'll tell you what I did. I cut him out of my life. I know. That's it. I never spoke to him in my life again. That's it. Even when he tried, I just, okay, that's the kind of heart I had. Okay, um, that's just one example. When anyone did anyone anything to hurt me, my walls would go up, and that's it. Does anyone identify? I feel very lonely up here. <laughs> Do you also build walls when you feel hurt? You sort of shut the people out. Yeah. I, well, that's what I used to do. I used to. My walls would just go up. That's it. You know guard myself, protect myself from whatever. Okay, that was then. That was before Christ. That was before Holy Spirit. That was ages ago. But 
that was how I lived, how I protected myself. Protected myself. Okay. Um, last week, I shared this with... Um, um, d- does it mean people won't hurt you? They will. They will. Um, we have a, I have a head teacher who is... We, we think she's autistic. In fact, I think we, we sort of know she's on the Asperger's spectrum. So she can lose it at any time and in any place. <laughs> and she's very, you know, she, she's, she's good. Love her to bits. Um, but, you know, she, she, as I said, she loses it. You know, sometimes she's thrown papers at me and, wow, ah, what's this? Fine, I pick my papers up. You know, first time she did that to me, you know, after a couple of days, I, I went back to her and said, Sue, when someone does something wrong, you know, after a while, you should call them and reassure them. Otherwise, you leave them hanging and it makes us, that was, yeah. Last week, um, there was, okay, the year before, we had had an excess in our funding of 23,000. When we get excesses, we don't talk. Maybe the government is giving us money we can do with it. So we received it. We're happy. It's happened before where we've received money we were not expecting from the government. Hey, yay. So we had it. We put it in our budget. When we had a new budget year, it was part of our next year's budget. Then the government realizes they they made an error and they want to claw it back. But we've already budgeted with it. You know, we're planning to do things with it. So I said to Sue, I wrote it and showed her they're asking for this back. Why? She wrote back. She was away on a course and she emailed, why? I need to know why. Why is she da, da, ha, da, da. Okay, no problem. You know, I wrote it, explained it to her, wrote it on paper, put it in her pigeonhole, everything. Now Sue, Sue meets me in the corridor. There's a door that separates the reception from the corridor that those in Karen will, will relate you know, she was standing at that door, door open, parents at reception, students everywhere, because it was break time. And when you come through the door, there's an office where all the office staff are. All right. And she was standing at that door, coming, yeah, Abby. I'm like, yes, what's happening in this? So I want to know what has happened to that 23. That I will not ex- accept this explanation. And you better find out for me now. I didn't know whether to go into the ground, whether people would think I'd stolen 23,000 or, I mean, the onslaught. And I said, um, Sue, I explained. I'm not accepting that explanation. I need a proper explanation. At this point, I thought, there's no need to answer. So I just went into the office. Of course, as I'm entering the office, everyone's looking at me like, gosh, you know. So I went into my office and my feelings were hurt. Everything was wrong. Everything was wrong. You know, so what do you do about that? You just swallow it and leave it? The Lord said, no. The Lord said, you need to speak to her. I'm like, okay. Um, I'll bide my time. I'll find how. How do you speak to her? Because I'm hurting. I don't know what her reaction will be. But I also know that because of who she is, I love her to bits. I think she knew. 
She knew because normally in the morning I'm all ha 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 in her office or in the office next to her. I didn't go anywhere near there. Okay, so she came to my office. Somebody was in my office and she said, Hey, Abby, are you supporting Padmini? I said, Yeah, I'm her biggest supporter. She said, No, I am. I'm like, Hmm, sometimes Padmini ran out of the office. <laughs> so I said, Sue, can I have a word? I said, Sue, um, I know sometimes we make mistakes, and I know sometimes, I know you shout, and um, I feel it's okay for you to shout, but if you want to shout at me, please shout at me in your office. I don't think it was very nice in the corridor with parents and students and staff. She went red. And then she says, Abby, I'm so sorry. Now I felt bad. (laughs) You know, so she said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And I said, I know. And then I held her hand and I said, I hope you understand that I needed to bring it up. So she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she she was leaving my office and she popped her head back and said, I'm so sorry. Okay. Now, before I spoke to Sue, the Lord had said, you're speaking for peace. You're not speaking to point fingers. When you're going in to resolve something, you're seeking for peace. It's not a question of you're going to show them that they've done something wrong. All right. So at the end of that, I was blessed. She was blessed. The next day, I bought a packet of peanuts. I just put it in her pigeon oil. I didn't tell her it was. She knew. She came straight to my office and said, thank you. She loves peanuts and chocolates. So, and since then... Everything has been fine. I'm only saying these two things to say this is where the Lord has brought me when it comes to hardening. If it was in the past, that's it. She's a goner in my life. <laughs> yeah, I w- I'd probably be leading up to resignation. Because, you know, if, if this is how you're going to treat people, then I'm not staying. But I'm only saying this is what the Lord does with our hearts. And I just want to say, where's your heart? There's no condemnation. It's a process. This is what, 14, how many years? 50 years. (laughs) It was 50 years ago, the first one I told you about till now. You know, yeah, things have happened in between, but I'm saying it's a process. There's no condemnation. Don't, don't, don't hear me condemning. It's the Lord wants our hearts to be soft. Something that Ray Hughes said that, you know, I think I shared with David, I said, and I also shared with the intercessors that struck me so much was, he said, Saul sinned and hardened his heart, but David sinned and his heart was broken. David was he sinned. <laughs> Adultery, murder. It's, it's big sins. Big sins. But his heart was broken when he was confronted with his sin. When Saul was confronted, all he cared about was what he looked like in front of the people. He said, Samuel, Samuel, just come come with me to do the sacrifice. So, so I look good. He wasn't even going to kill the king, Agar, even after he was confronted by Samuel. That's the difference. So, you know, um, Saul lost his throne. 
because of a hard heart. And even as I said that, I said, okay, Lord, so what's the other side? And the Lord laid Joseph on my heart. And he said, Joseph gained a throne because he forgave his brothers. Because he was able to say, you know what? You meant it for harm, but God turned it into good, so it's fine. He forgave and he gained a throne. The state of our hearts, so important. The attitude that we carry, it is so important. There are two aspects. There's repentance when you have sinned. If you've done something wrong, David was confronted. He repented quick, 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 quick. Somebody, was it Claudette? Was Claudette? Yeah, Claudette. I think Claudette was who said this morning, sometimes we think, oh, you know, hey, God doesn't condemn us. We don't have to repent. We do. We do. We do. What is repentance? Lord, I, I recognize my wrong. I'm sorry. I've changed my heart. It's actually, a, it, it's actually the change from a hard heart to a soft heart. That's what repentance is. All right. And the other, the, the other side is actually giving out forgiveness. You know, when you've done wrong, you need to repent. But when someone has done wrong to you, you need to be able to release forgiveness. Okay. Um, and in coming... In coming to this place, I just want to remind us of something. Today, as I said in the beginning, is the 20th of October. It is actually the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. It is actually the last few hours of the Feast of Tabernacles. I want to read John 7. John 7, 37. Now, on the last and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood, called out in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who adheres to trust in, relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow continually rivers of living water. And he was speaking of the spirit. Do you know, I, God doesn't do anything by coincidence. He planned that we would be here on the last day of the tabernacles. You know, and he planned. It, it, it's a day where we ask, you know what? The river flows from the very throne room of God. It flows. It flows and it's flowing here today. And Jesus' question is, are you thirsty? Don't forget that in the river of God, there's healing. There's healing for your pain. There's healing for your bodies. There's healing for your mindsets. There's Remember, we're talking of the whole, he's here. He's here today. All right. And he's here to minister to us. We must not let this day or this time pass without jumping in and taking advantage of the time 
and the season that he had talked about right from the beginning. And if Jesus himself celebrated and said on the last day, is anyone thirsty? Are we thirsty? Do we want of the river? Do we want not just to drink? He said to the woman at the well, he says, I have water that you can drink and you will never thirst again, again. And don't forget, even when he said that, he had told her about her sin. He, he you know, she, he, he asked her, bring your husband. And she told part, no, I have none. And he said, but, hey, but still he was ready to fill her. He was ready to fill her with this water with which she will never thirst again. So there's no condemnation. Absolutely none. Okay. Um, Ezekiel 47, 9 says, where the river goes, everything will live. Do you have a... Do you have any part of your cells that need reviving? Is there sickness? I said to Mike, I said, today your restoration shall be complete. Today. Today. I was so pleased to see Mike come in and he's, you know, it, what a difference. It's, it's complete today. And the Lord said, when, when I asked, I said, where do we go from here? Okay. We're going to jump into this river. Maybe as you've been listening, there's something in your heart and you're like, okay, I've dealt with it. You know, sometimes, and I know Deji will, will remember this. When, when we used to go on encounter weekends, um, this was when we were in Katy. I know my, my very first encounter was, you know, um, we talked... They, they did talk about repentance and, um, Lord Jesus. and what they did was representation. Like, for example, Antonio, can I use you? Can you come? For example, you know, um, obviously if I had an issue with my mom, for example, and it wasn't resolved and I needed to forgive her. Maybe for something she'd said, maybe she'd hurt me. She didn't even know that she has. And hey, my mom wasn't there. My mom had gone. You know, I'm just using this as an example. What we would say would be, can you stand as my mom, please? And I could say to you, I'm hurt. You did this or I felt this way. And then she would stand as my mom and say, Abby, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. And you'd be surprised that um, you, 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 generally, you, you genuinely get released because it's spoken. It's only now I, I, I can understand the benefit that was in it. I, I didn't, and now I realize it's because it was spoken. The, the words that are spoken go a long way. And I want us, uh, and, and the Lord says, I want everyone to be ministered to today. Every single 
person in this place will be ministered to in one form or the other. If there's anything that you need to repent about, if it is something that you can share, it's going to be on a one-on-one. And hey, there's some of you I'm just going to call out and you're going to be ministers. And don't feel that because you're, uh, you know, whoever you minister to, you minister first and then the other person, two ministers back to you. But um, he said, everyone will be ministered to. And if there's something that you've done wrong and need to repent about and don't want to say what it is, all you need to say to the person is, I've sinned. All right. And the other person represents God and says, I forgive you. I remember one of these encounters was when I um, actually encountered the father. I know this was after I had been to my room. I was alone in my room and um, I had never met the father. It was only Jesus. And I remember I need, I, 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 it, because they had ministered on the prodigal son and how the father loved him even though. And I'm like, okay, do I dare approach the father? You know, and um, I decided to, I was a blubbering mess because I could hear and see the father say, come. And I was coming, but I was a total mess. But I made it. I made it towards the Father, and I felt the Father's embrace, and it's an experience. You know when Steve Dittman ministers to us, he says, when you've had an experience, you can go back into it. It is an experience that I go back into several times, and it's easier every time because there's no condemnation. He doesn't condemn, all right? But if there's sin, don't have, I'm not saying tell the person, this is what I, I sinned, is, is fair enough. Or if someone has hurt you, you know, you, you, you can say my friend, my relative, if you don't want to say who it is, fine. But it's, it's and it, I think the onus is on the person who's representing. If you are representing, you know, like my mom, for example, you came here, you know, just say, Abby, I'm sorry I hurt you, as if it was you. And if you're representing God, the same thing. You know, it's fine. You're forgiven. I forgive you. And usually, you'll find that there's so much healing in that. And it's only, you know, we did it and, okay, I received healing. But I I recognize why now. It's the spoken word. And it's, it's for you. So that the enemy can never, never bring that up again. It's done, it's gone, it's finished. So, um, I said, Lord, how do we do it? So, um, I'm just going to call certain people out who, these people I'm calling out will, will represent for you first, you know, and then um, in, you will reciprocate and be the, the person in, in the next round in, in terms of when that person is finished. So, whew, it may not even be here, it may be there. Sheila, um, Maria, Mike. <laughs> and I'm only calling them out 
the, the reason why I'm calling certain people out is I know them. I know that they, they, you know, they can minister to you. But at the same time, you learn from them and you minister back to them. Okay? If there's nothing, if there's nothing that you feel is on your heart, just say, I'm thirsty. I want to drink of the river. If there's nothing that you have to repent of or release forgiveness for, it's not a problem. But just say, yeah, I, I don't have that, but I'm thirsty. And I, I, I need a drink. And the other person will pray for you for that thirst to be filled with the anointing, with the river that's flowing. Am I, am I clear? Karen, can you come forward? Astrid, um, there was some, is Claudette here? I said, Margaret, Bola, can you come forward? I'm just looking for... Okay, okay. Um, Dominic, come forward, please. Um, Jenny, yes, this, there you are. Cynthia, can you come forward, please? Don't forget, I'm only calling, even though I'm calling, everyone's going to be ministered to. It's just that, you know, it's just a start. And I know that you, you, you're slightly more mature, so you would know what to do first. Victor, don't hide. Can you come forward? Is Jeff in the house, by the way? Deji, please come forward. All right, good. Rebecca, <laughs> come forward. Um, yes. Um, Betty, don't hide. Come out. <laughs> um, I, I can't see everyone's face. Um, yes, come. Tap her on the shoulder and bring her forward. You've just passed her. Come forward. the shields, woman. Gloria, 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 Gloria. <laughs> Was that Vivian I saw? No. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Um, okay. And I'm please don't feel I haven't called you. Hey, I see you at the back. Can you come forward, please? Is Vivian? It's not Vivian. Um, Nadine. Nadine. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, and remember, this is just the beginning. It's, it's going to be both ways. I'm only, I had to call some people out to start it off. Okay, so don't feel that I haven't called you in this, but everyone. So just come to one person. Just come to one person. Everyone must be ministered. I actually said to someone, I said, I feel like I'm going to close that door. No one's running away until everyone receives ministry. You know, we need to, it, it, it's just a representation of what the Lord wants. You know what? It's so that you shut the mouth of the enemy and you know for a certainty, whatever that issue was, is gone. Ah, Philippa. <laughs> Do you want to come forward, please? You know, so please do, for, so everyone, please come to someone. Please come to someone. And we can move into that, we can move into the side. If, if, if we don't have enough space, we can move along. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everyone, 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 everyone. We believe you really enjoyed this message. 
For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 